Hi, Jeremy P here. Uh, just real quick before the episode starts, my computer is on its last legs, and so we couldn't use Skype to record this week. We had to use Google Hangouts, which is not the best way to do this, but we didn't want to wait any longer. Uh, also, there were some definite audio issues because of that decision, and so I did my best to edit this together to a coherent episode. Uh, I think it turned out all right, uh, but uh, if it's a little more rambly than usual, uh, it's totally my fault, but I think it's still salvageable, and hopefully this is all worked out by next week. So thanks and enjoy the episode. Welcome to another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys. And uh, and Billy, before we talk about this week's game, or mm. even what we've been playing, did you have any thoughts on Skate or Die 2, since you missed our last show? It's a pile of shit. That's okay. <laughs> kind of what I assumed you'd say. <laughs> that, that's that's the summary. Um, I, I don't think I would have had much more for you if I was on that episode. It was a completely unnecessary and a very bizarre direction to go into uh with with what could have just been another skating game with maybe some more events and whatnot um no uh, it, it was completely unnecessary they did the same thing to that they did to my my poor tmc surf design they they went in with a sequel and and, and turned it into a, a an action game and uh no it's awful it's horrific um I played through it, and I played through it as a kid. I was baffled then. I'm still baffled now. Well, thankfully, we're not going to cover the TNC Surf Design sequel, at least not this week, because we're going to talk about Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. But before we get into that, Jeremy, what have you been doing since our last show? Well, I after being sacrificed for, for not liking Sekiro very much last mm. episode, um, I, I know you two are, are still going at it strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've moved on to... Um, a much better game. It's called Anthem, and no, I'm just actually it's the Division Two, mm-hmm. and uh, that came out in, uh, not too long ago. And if you listen to any of our, our earlier episodes, you, you kind of heard me and Billy just talk about the Division for what seemed like forever. Yes. And uh, so this one is uh, it, it is. I, I was a huge fan of the first one after it kind of got patched up, but this one is all of that and more. I, I mean, it is a a, a really great mm. looter shooter. Shooter, looter, whatever you call those things these days. Uh, there's just something about that game. The uh, the I, people call it like a gameplay loop, where you know every every thirty seconds something's supposed to happen, or you know 
get some loot or whatever. And that game does such a great job of that. Uh, and also just the entirety of that map of Washington, D.C. this time. Mm. I, I I basically just become a virtual tourist. I mean, every single level, just about uh, earlier in the game, is in a museum. And I... It, I'm, it's sad to say that I've spent way too much time just being a virtual tourist in those museums because they have done such an amazing job of getting just even just the tiniest details in those museums. So uh, I have not been to Washington, D.C. myself, mm. but uh, after seeing some of this stuff, I, I kind of mm-hmm. want to go because it's it, those museums look look kind of cool. There are nearly as many gunfights in actual Washington, D.C. too. You'll be happy to know. Oh, good. Good to know. Well, then I've I, I've got my primer ready with the division two and mm-hmm. uh, i think i'm going to stick with it for now um but you know it, it's not Sekiro, so everyone's probably just groaning that i've <laughs> i've played this game over Sekiro, and i'm just like this game's awesome and Sekiro's just like eh. uh but yeah that that's kind of what i'm doing right now well all i've been playing is Sekiro, but i don't really want to talk about it because i'm afraid to put out spoilers for people who are not as far as i've gotten i have made a lot of progress it is quickly becoming one of my favorites from software games if not my favorite of all time uh, i think it's not as interesting to to kind of figure out the backstory as the dark souls games or or even um bloodborne but it it plays super smooth and I, i'm really enjoying it uh, and someday I'll be able to talk a little more about it. But the other thing I've been doing is this past weekend uh, was the last Tetris 99 challenge on the Switch. Mm. So I'm attempting to to win money uh, because if you're the top 999 players, you win basically $10 on their market. And uh, and I've been playing that a lot because I can play it for five minutes and then go back to work, which has been absolutely a disaster the last two weeks. So I have not had a whole lot of time. Uh, Billy, you've you missed the last episode and yes. you've had the most time. What have you been playing since the last time we talked? Well, I've been I've been splitting the difference. I've been playing Sekiro hot and heavy uh, and I am I'm really enjoying it. I, I'm not going to talk too much. Um, cause I, and I'm glad I wasn't on last episode because our talk of that would have been longer than probably the talk of Skate or Die. But um I'm really enjoying it, I, and it's up there. You talk about from software games; it's so high up there. I'm still a Bloodborne man, for the most part, but uh, but this is probably about my second favorite that they've put out there. Uh, and I'm progressing. Uh, I, there have been more victories than defeat lately. I don't know if I'm getting better at it or just or just lucky. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's such an enjoyable game, and I've been playing that. And I have also been playing The Division 2. Um, I've actually, it's that thing where I, I just want to sit down and just play both of these, just nonstop. Um, but I don't want to play one, ignore the other. Uh, so I, I'm trying to split my time a little bit. Um, and Division 2, I, I, I echo what Jeremy said earlier. Uh, we both just love the first one, especially uh, once it got all the updates. It really change the game around and, and there's just always something to do and, and that's what i love about this one uh and i i know i played through anthem and i i defended it uh but yeah this is the when it comes to those those you know those loot shooter games uh this is definitely top tier this this is how it's done uh this is just so incredibly satisfying to sit down and play for an hour or sit down and play for 10 minutes uh, you always feel like you, you've gotten something done on there. And yeah, I've been playing through that. Um, 
a lot. Uh, I recently, oh, I had such a struggle. I updated my my Xbox One to a to a One X. I, I found a great opportunity to do that, and so I'm I was already playing it on PS4, um, and it got packaged with by. I was slow getting back into it because I don't know if you have purchased a game on one system, played through it, you know, a few hours in, gotten it on another system for whatever reason, and then had to just replay the stuff you just played. It's painful. I had to get through that wall, and now I have. I'm really enjoying it. Um, But I did get in time to play uh, the game we are going to be talking about today also, and I I guess we're about to get into that. Well, that's right. It's not a looter shooter. It's an egg shooter. Yes. Yoshi's Island, uh, a.k.a. Super Mario World 2 for the Super Nintendo. That's when I was a kid. That's uh, that's the one thing that uh, I got super excited because Super Mario World, without question, to this very day, still uh, one of the better. I, it's the pinnacle, I personally, of the side-scrolling Super Mario games. Um, and to know that there was a sequel on the way was announced that there is a Super Mario World 2 coming. I, I think everyone had visions of just, you know, Super Mario World, but but different levels, uh, you know, different enemies, uh, you know, and just different mechanics. And you knew Mario was going to be back. You knew Yoshi was going to be back, and maybe he'd play a bigger part in it. I wasn't quite expecting Yoshi to play such a big part in it or for it to be such a departure from the original Super Mario World, which was was a bit jarring when I first picked it up. Yeah. And this was a, uh, this kind of came late in the super NES's lifespan, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I remember this coming out around the time that Chrono Trigger did. Mm. And the only reason I remember that is because I remember in high school, I hung out with a couple of these Asian kids and they had a, a, a game fan magazine or game pro or something. I can't remember what it was, but they were mm-hmm. looking at, at the giant preview for Chrono Trigger and they were going crazy for it. And, you know, I was just like, yeah, you know, that looks all right, you know. And then they turn, they turned the page and it was uh, Yoshi's Island. And I just I was like, look at this motherfucker mm. right here. <laughs> like, this is the real dude. Look at this. I mean, you're playing as Yoshi. It's a new Mario game. It looks like it was drawn by a toddler. I mean, this looks awesome. And I, I think they actually lost a lot of respect for me that day. Mm. That I, going over that game just like wow this is yeah. goddamn um but you know platformers like that have, have always been my wheelhouse especially as a kid like that's that's one of those the, the kind of genre that i was totally into back then and get hearing that you're going to get a, a new mario and you're playing as yoshi and for some reason mario's a baby and the game just looks crazy uh i was i was super into that i i could not wait until that came out I mean, that's what grabs you, though, wasn't it? I mean, initially, uh, you hadn't seen an art style like that before. No, that was actually like the first one of the first games I remember 
mm-hmm. that had its own distinct art style that I was that looked it didn't look like anything else at the time. Yeah, and, and it just it just had this really neat uh, art style to it. Yeah, and, and and it's one of those things to where I mean the Super Nintendo, you know, starting I guess I mean Super Mario World the original was a, a looker itself, but I mean Super Nintendo had a way there of just putting out games. You know, between that, um, the game we're talking about right now, Donkey Kong Country, games that to this day still are beautiful games, and and definitely. Um, one thing that, that has to be addressed at first, because it is the most glaringly obvious thing, is just the the graphics here. And still to this day, I was was blown away. Uh, it just how nice looking, how well this game is, has held up in the graphics department. Well, it does look like it's hand drawn, which is mm-hmm. I mean, it's beautiful. That's that's one of the things. Uh, you know, I never really played a lot of this game before this podcast. I tried it. I had it on the Super Nintendo, and I never really played it that much. I mean, it was pretty, but I never got into it. And then it was on the uh, SNES Classic, which was one of the reasons I was excited about the uh, Super Nintendo Classic. Mm-hmm. So it it definitely is still, like you said, it's very beautiful. It is the only game that looks really like this that I can think of. And it kind of started that trend with the Yoshi games where they try to make them all artistically mm-hmm. very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, this was, as you mentioned... Uh, the sequel to Super Mario World and the first game that starred as the main character, uh, at least in a in a side-scrolling section, Yoshi. He had some other games he was in, like Yoshi's Cookie and some other puzzlers. But uh, after being in Super Mario World, which was his introduction as you know Mario's kind of sidekick character he could ride around, this game you played as him. And you, you carried around baby Mario. Uh, the only thing Yoshi can do, uh, much like Mario, he can run and jump, obviously. You can hold down the button to run faster. You can push the square button to stick your tongue out, which lets you eat enemies. Uh, if you swallow an enemy, you can spit them back out again, or you can push down, and he basically turns that enemy into an egg. You can have a series of, I think it's six or seven eggs behind you uh, mm-hmm. that, that kind of stay as, a, as ammunition. And then one of your buttons, the circle button, will allow you to... Um, it puts like a target up on the screen that kind of rotates back and forth in front of you at a what ninety degree, maybe one hundred eighty degree arc, and mm-hmm. you can shoot eggs uh, across the room. And a lot of the time, it's very obvious it's a it's a projectile weapon. If there's an enemy somewhere, you can hit him with that. But the eggs also do a lot of other really cool triggers in the level. Uh, sometimes they cause they cause switches to go off, or you can break through parts of walls. I mean, the the, the egg shooting piece of this is is really the main mechanic, and it's one of the reasons I. I want to like this game more than I do because I really like the idea of the egg shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a unique thing. I, I think my only, uh, and we might talk about it with some of the, the encounters later on, uh, is, is kind of the lack of control over the, the reticule on the screen. Obviously, it is moving. You're not moving yet. So I, I think that might take a minute to get used to. Um, the, the best comparison, if you've never played this, is some of the... Uh, maybe similar to some of the the barrels in Donkey Kong Country that um that did the moving for you, uh, and you had to pick it right at that that angle that you wanted it to go at. Um, yeah, I, I, I it's a mechanic I go back and forth on, uh, but at the same time we've talked about moving cursors around in games, so I, maybe this was the best way to go about it. I thought it was generally fine. Like there were only a few times in the in the game where it just seemed like it didn't give me enough time to properly aim. Mm-hmm. And you know, that was kind of later. But for the most part like starting out, like that was one of the that was just weird to me as a kid because I totally thought it was going to be like the um you know, Super Mario World 
where you just press the button and he's going to spit something out and mm-hmm. you can just kind of shoot up left, right, whatever. But yeah, this totally brings up a, a cursor that moves around Yoshi and you know, you, you have to wait and then ho- hope that you press the button at, in, at yeah. a certain time. And beyond that, there's also times where you have to, uh, you know, bank these, these eggs off of walls and things like that to hit other things. So you definitely have to get kind of pretty accurate at times with that mm. thing in a game that really doesn't, it doesn't seem like it should be that accurate at times. Yeah. When it's not the only weapon you have or the only thing you can do, because other things you can swallow other than eggs, like you can grab a fire flower, and that means you'll spit fire out of your body instead, which is what you would have done in Super Mario World. It doesn't mm-hmm. go to the egg reticle. It doesn't become an egg. It lets you, you know, use that as a projectile for a little bit. Same with if you eat certain enemies, uh, like, or shells. The shells then you spit out, and it's much like when Mario jumps on a shell or carried a shell mm-hmm. and let go of it. So it still has some of the mechanics you'd expect from playing Super Mario World, but then it adds that that egg rotating, aiming, throwing mechanic. I, I think the only thing that would have been, and I don't know if it's better or worse, because or not better or worse, I don't know if it was the right design or not, because maybe that would make it too easy if you push the button to, let's say, bring up the egg aiming, and then if you let go of it, it would stay in that position. You know what I mean? Mm. Like if it was mm. starts mm-hmm. in front of you, rotates up and down kind of slowly, but if you let go, it it aims that way. I think one of the later yeah. Yoshis may do that, actually. Um, but it's it's definitely a... Uh, it does take some time to get used to. I don't think it's necessarily incredibly difficult early on. Um, this game has six worlds. Each world has eight regular levels. Um, there are ways to unlock some additional levels, which we'll get into. Uh, and what... It, each world also has two bosses, essentially. Uh, much like yeah. most Mario games, there's you know three regular levels or four regular levels, and then there's a castle, like a mini castle that's the midpoint. And mm-hmm. then at the end, there's another big boss level where you, you fight those bosses. So it's very much in that Mario design uh, as far as how they, the levels are organized. And it's got all the same trappings that you'd expect in a Super Mario game. It's got uh, platforms that fall when you jump on them, uh, you know, sometimes slowly, sometimes fast. It's got... Uh, some levels that auto side scroll. It is strictly two dimensional. Like there is no going in and out of the screen. It's just you know regular like Super Mario World. It's it's very mm-hmm. similar, but again, different art style. And playing as Yoshi, completely different uh, than playing as Mario as far as as to really get through these levels. Now, unlike Mario, who doesn't have a health bar, you don't really have a health bar in this either. Um, however, unlike Mario, where you get power ups and then as you get hit, you slowly lose your power ups. Yoshi does have kind of a count of total what you think at first are hit points if you don't get hit. And they build up to, I believe, 30 hit points. But they aren't really hit points because this is where, for me, this is the the mechanic in the game that I really don't like. And I understand why it's there and it makes it much more challenging. But it's also the most annoying game mechanic pretty much in any game. Mm. When you get hit... Uh, as Yoshi, baby Mario becomes, you know, in a bubble and kind of floats off and makes this terrible Mario crying noise. And if you've played it before, you know you can hear it. And if you played it recently, you can hear it when you sleep. And it goes on nonstop. And while that's going on, the counter for your hit points is slowly going down from whatever it was, maximum of 30, down to zero. It's not super fast. It's not like it goes 30, 29, 28, 27, but it's fast enough that it does not take long, especially if you don't have, you know, the maximum hit points. Uh, If it ever gets to zero, uh, those, like the wizard characters from the, the Mario games, the wizard Koopa guys, I don't know their names. We'll sweep in, steal baby Mario, and that's it. You, you've lost a life, uh, and that's one of the ways you can die. 
Um, and it's the worst way you can die because it meant you've probably listened to 30 seconds of yes. baby Mario screaming. And he floats around in such a way that you can't get to him from everywhere. Sometimes you have to jump at specific points. Sometimes you have to climb a bunch of things. It's, it's very difficult sometimes to get baby Mario back. And it is absolutely annoying the entire time. I, I will say this. This is the big complaint about this game for me and it's not just the sound uh, the sound is just it, it's it's grating they have found a way to take what is already a a sound that when you think of a baby crying i don't know maybe you may have more nurturing instincts than the the gentleman of this podcast but a sound that we probably already consider grating think of a stranger's baby crying you don't mind hearing your own but a stranger's it's, it's nails on a chalkboard and and they found some way to make it even worse. And you're going to hear it a lot. And that's bad enough. But my main complaint is, like you're saying, it's not as simple as just jumping up and and he's back. Sometimes you've got to work. And it brings progressing through the stage to a halt. And and it's now a, a mission to, you know, enemies may still be on there. There may still be obstacles there. But now you're having to track down this baby Mario also, whereas, you know, um, Mario world, you know, the previous game, Mario takes a hit, uh, you know, he loses his power up. He, he shrinks down, whatever he keeps going. This just, it, it, it throws a wrench in there. It, it's a, it brings things to a halt and, and maybe just for a few seconds and maybe for the full extent of the time, uh, but it happens enough time to where I, I, it just, it takes me out of it. Uh, to stop progressing through the level and and now to kind of have to go on a little bit of a, a, a brief before I can get started again. Yeah, I, I agree that the when he gets knocked off, that is when the game just goes straight downhill for me. Like, I love Yoshi's Island. It is one of my favorite games of all time. But wh- whoever decided that that was a good, a, a good fun idea to put into their video game, uh, it... I, I just can't believe people sat around and was like, this is the way you want, we want to do this. We want this baby shrieking. We want this to sound like Friday night at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> you have to have this thing just wailing. And it, it makes, it gives you like this weird level of anxiety. Mm. Like not only are you trying to get this thing, get baby Mario, you know, and sometimes, like you said, it's not easy, but you've just got this sound that is just killing your brain. Like I hate the sound of babies crying. It's one reason I don't have kids. It's just one of those sounds that it bothers me on a level that I can't explain. And so whenever that thing starts, starts winding up, it's just like, oh my God, I can't, I can't play this game in the kind of the long periods that I want to, because unless I'm having a really good run, baby Mario is going to get knocked off a few times a level. And uh, usually that's enough for me to just kind of stop my progress and, and come back to it later because it is just the worst. It has to be the worst, the worst sound effect in a mm. video game. Mm. I, it, if not, then top five. It's just so bad. Well, and to make matters worse, in order to get um, the extra levels, you have to get 100% in each level. And 100% is earned by collecting three things. One is there are five flowers in each level. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. they're hidden. Sometimes they're obviously just sitting there. But you've got to find them. They're not impossible to find, generally. Um, you have to get 20 red coins. And red coins, a lot of the time, are just regular coins and sometimes they're harder to get and when you get them they become a red coin but other ones are hidden in spots or monsters carry them around or or they're in you know some kind of minor puzzle to to unlock the red coins Mm -hmm. but not only do you have to get the 20 red coins and the five flowers but you need 30 
full hit points. You need max hit points when you leave the level. So you could have the perfect run through a level and get right towards the end and then, you know, get hit by something you really shouldn't be getting hit by because you're, you're right at the end of the level. You're not paying attention. And great. Mm-hmm. There goes your perfect run. There's no way to get those points back uh, easily. There are things in the levels that will give you some, like, stars you can pick up to give you more hit points. or those, those, There are those red flowers you can shoot an egg into that will give you a bunch of stars all at once. But a lot of the time, they aren't everywhere easily to get. And if you've already gotten them, they aren't there again. So if you've gotten everything to the level, you have your 30 hit points, you're right to the end of the level, and you make a mistake, not only do you have to hear that sound, but you also guaranteed you've got to play that level again in full because you're not getting 100%. So I, I got to ask, are you guys the I have to collect everything Mario player, or are you just I got to get to the end of the stage and progress Mario player? I, I, I Oh, man, depend, if there's like secret, like, you know, Mario World, you had the, the secret stages, you had the hidden stages. Yeah, I loved unlocking those, but uh, I I am not a every coin must be picked up kind of guy. I uh, I have, you know, it's not until the later Mario titles, I guess, you know, I think when sixty four rolled around, um, you know, when there were stars involved with collecting all of the, you know, a certain colored coin or something like that, or or doing this or doing that. Uh, yeah, I did a lot more collecting then. As far as the side scrolling Mario's, it was just it was hold down fucking run button and get from one side to the other generally i am generally a get 100 percent if i can on the level and if i can't Mm. i either have to just be okay with that and march forward and really feel like i never finished a game even if i got to the you know quote end if i left Mm. especially if there's like this game unfortunately because it's extra levels i feel like i can't not do them it's Mm. one thing if it's like oh yeah if you get all the all the extra you know 100 percent every level you get you know, like one extra boss fight at the end. I mean, I'd still want to do that, but I'd live without that. Um, but knowing that there are, you know, extra, extra levels in each world that I'm not seeing because I'm not getting 100% unless I, you know, unless I master each level, it, that irritated me. And that's why I have not finished this game. I have not gotten the whole way through. I couldn't convince myself to not worry about that 100%. Uh, and so I, I've never gotten to the end of this game. Uh, I've seen the end of this game, and, and I'd, I'd love to get there. And I've beaten some of the other Yoshi games. And for some reason, those don't have that, that effect on me. But this one, mm-hmm. 100% does. I feel like I have to get 100% or I play the level over again. I, I kind of fall into that as well. And it's weird. It's kind of like Billy said. Like, I didn't actually fall into that category at all, I think, before Yoshi's Island. Because mm-hmm. I think this is, like, one of the first Mario... I think this is the first Mario game that really emphasized collecting all of those collectibles. Yeah. 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 So, like, when that when I, that was introduced to me, I was like, well, shit, you know, that's what the game wants me to do. I have to find all of this stuff. And I still, to this day, even for this podcast, even though I was forcing myself to, to progress and just get through it, I, I still fell right back into that trap of like, well, you know, there's that over there. There's a piece of candy. There's a piece of candy. You know, I just kept following these little collectibles around. And before you know it, I'm, I'm trying to hundred percent a level again. Well, if you can get past that and you, you can force yourself to not try to master every level, the, the other positive playing through this game, other than that it is a beautiful game, is the bosses, uh, much like most Mario games, are actually really cool. They all kind of, unfortunately, since the mechanic in this game is shoot eggs, they all kind of have the same weakness. You shoot at eggs at them. But still, they, they are big a lot of the time. A mm-hmm. lot of them grow as you're fighting them. Like there's the, the ghost in World 2 that grows every time you hit it. Uh, or, I'm sorry, it shrinks every time you hit it. But other ghosts show up. I mean, it's... It uses that mode 7 scaling in almost every level and every boss, but somehow it doesn't bother me like it does in most other games. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, the boss fights on here, they're a real, a real joy on here, I, I will say. Um, and, and yeah, it takes full advantage of, of the Mode 7 on here and, and the art style. And yeah, I, I love, I love a damn boss that takes up half the screen. And this game has it. And it has some unique boss fights too. There's one boss that, that actually swallows you down at the beginning of the fight and you are, you're fighting inside of him. And yeah, this thing does a lot of innovative things with the bosses. And yeah, if it was as simple as, Hey, here's this boss, throw some eggs. That would have got tiresome really quick, especially I'm not completely sold on the aiming mechanic. Um, so yeah, I, I, definitely the highlight of the game for me uh boss fights and and mario games aren't necessarily especially the side scrolling ones aren't really renowned for their boss fights um you know i mean you think about the the previous mario games it was just you know either jump over this guy and get to the end of the bridge or you know throw something at this guy or just jump on him a couple times so yeah to see it changed up a little bit uh this game definitely one thing i can't take away from it is uh each each boss encounter felt felt special for the most part especially as a kid like those boss fights were just amazing Mm -hmm. like i I think too many of them kind of fall into the same trope of this guy's gonna grow really big and you know Mm. (laughs) that's Mm. what you do but thankfully like they like you guys said like they they do a, a great job of just making almost all of those bosses feel unique. Like the yeah. one that um, uh, the ghost in the plant where you have to like push him off the side while there's two uh, shy guys pushing him toward you. Um, that one, I, I still love that one. Uh, but then again, uh, like you mentioned with, with the aiming the eggs and trying to hit some of these, mm-hmm. the piranha plant later in the game that has the, the smallest area that you can actually aim to get your egg to where you need to hit, hit his weak yes. spot. Oh my God, fuck that thing. That's where the aiming finally got annoying to me and, and did so again this time as well. Yeah, I, I never really got quite good at it. I mean, the, the egg mechanic is is fine, but for me, I, I just couldn't put up with the not just the sound, but the like you had mentioned earlier, Jeremy, the anxiety you get mm-hmm. from when you lose that baby Mario. And, and I know that they didn't continue that, that mechanic on any further Yoshi game. Uh, I'm sure I, we're not the only people who complained. Uh, about that as a as a mechanic not only being you know short time it's it's really uh, penalizing especially if you're trying for the 100 percent, and it, it's the most obnoxious um most obnoxious sound ever so uh, i i don't know quite why that bothers me to the point that it does that i can't play this game because i generally like yoshi games uh that we my mm-hmm. my son and i played through yoshi's woolly world on the the wii u and uh we're gonna get the new Yoshi's Crafted World, and I like uh, they all have the same kind of gameplay, but what they don't have, Crying Baby Mario. And I think they knew that. <laughs> they had to know that. Uh, it, it was just the one complaint. I remember like all the reviews back then when it came out, they were just like, this is an amazing game, but Baby Mario. like That was just it. And it's still to this day, you know, if anyone mentions Yoshi's Island, that's the first thing they probably think of is that sound effect. Yeah, and and I I have remembered being annoyed by it uh, when I first played through it, but it, it's one of those things where you're like, well, maybe it's a little overhyped. Maybe you know, people uh, they find on a game that doesn't have a ton of flaws, and you know, they kind of run with it. Uh, it gets a life of its own and it gets blown up out of proportion. No, it is. It's 
literally a very distracting, very jarring thing. And it's it's amazing to me that this and you know with it being a Mario title, it had to get play tested out the ass. It's it's an amazing thing to me that this made it through in the the form that it's in, as harsh as it is. I don't think this is necessarily a hard game if you don't care about getting 100%. Uh, I mean, I could get through the levels without many problems. You you do have a number of lives, but it's kind of unlimited because if you just run out, you just continue. At the end of every level, there's like a ring you jump through, and it has the five flowers if you collected them all. And as many flowers that are there, it does kind of a roulette thing. And if it lands on a flower, you get to a bonus game. There's a slot machine bonus game. There's a, uh, you know, pick so many cards that have certain characters on them bonus uh-huh. game. There's a handful of them. Uh, but they all award extra lives. And at least, you know, the, the, like the slot one, for example, you can get seven, I think, if you get three Yoshis or three three stars or something. I mean, it it gives you a lot of options to get extra lives in this game. Plus, it's a Mario game, so with every, you know, every hundred coins is an extra life. And mm-hmm. there, uh, you know, there are, there are parts in each level where you can find huge chunks of coins. So it makes it very easy to, to keep alive. But I think almost, almost all Mario games do, to the point where new ones, mm-hmm. especially the 3D ones, you just have unlimited lives. So it's it's not a hard game at all. Again, if you're not the person that needs to collect every single thing the whole way through, which is also, I think, something most of the Yoshi games do after this. I know Woolly World was super easy, but then again, to find all the hidden things, definitely more difficult. Yeah. So, yeah and, the, and the one on the uh, the Nintendo 64, uh, totally just can't remember the name for that one for some reason. That, that one was nonstop collectibles as well. As well so, And... Uh, that one was so short that really the only length you could get out of it was actually collecting things. But uh, this one, I, I think there's a lot, there's a lot of game here. Like it's, it's not a short game at all. And, and I think there's a ton of variety to it. You know, we didn't even mention like the, uh, the, the spots where Yoshi can turn into different vehicles. Oh yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like that first time that happened, I was like, Holy shit, that's awesome. Um, you know, so it, there's a lot of variety here, but yeah, it, it all comes back to, well, it's a great game, but can you handle Baby Mario? And that's mm-hmm. it's, that's a big step for a lot of people because there's a lot of people I know that literally can't play this game because of him. Well, and even if you turn the the volume all the way down, which I don't recommend because I think the rest of the music in it is is good Mario style mm-hmm. music. It's it's not bad at all, but still, it's that you you see the countdown. Um, it, a lot of the time, like it looks like. Yeah, no, I can, I, like, that's been my complaint, too. I can totally see the standpoint of people who cannot play this game because of that. Even if you turn the volume all the way down, it would hurt the rest of the game. I think the music's very good. I mm-hmm. think the music, the game sounds nice. The, the sounds in some parts are, you know, kind of part of the game. So you don't want to lose that. But, yeah, as soon as, it, as, as that happens, not only do you get that awful sound, and it makes, like, a dinging sound as well, and mm. you've got, you know, the countdown in the corner, it, it's almost too much. Even if you had no volume, I think you'd still get that anxiety. And even without the sound, it's still the mechanic itself of trying to to get him back. Uh, it's just it doesn't fit with the game very well. Uh, I it, like Billy said, it just grinds the the progression to a halt. As you're mm-hmm. just like, all right, hold on, let me run back over here and try to get Baby Mario's ass. Or you know, it's just it, it's just one of those things that it's not enjoyable on, on any level, really. Uh, but you know, take that away, and I think it's a great game. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big but because I I do think overall, and I think that's why the other Yoshi games I like a lot more than this is that it's a great 
it's a great layout. I like the idea that it looks like, you know, like hand-drawn cartoons. I like that it's a little bit easier than some of the harder Mario games at first. Uh, you know, again, unless you're trying to get 100%. And I like the collectability. Even though it's annoying that I'm mm-hmm. unable to get past it, I like to find those things. I like to scavenge hunt in a level. So there's a lot of really, really good things in this game that I think Nintendo learned from and built better versions of this game, even up to, you know, Crafted World that hit, what, less than a month ago. I mean, it, it still has the same core mechanics that this game has. They've just streamlined it and removed the most glaring misstep, Crying Mario. Super Mario World 2... Yoshi's Island. Definitely worth checking out. Definitely a lot of really cool mechanics introduced with, you know, unfortunately a very loud and glaring flaw. But still, maybe that doesn't bother you. Maybe you love the sound of Crying Mario. If so, this could be your favorite game of all time. It's just not ours. Um, But I bet we have at least one listener question. Hmm. We actually do. And uh, both of these are brought to you by the best content form on the internet, I stand by that. At retrovania.net, please go on there, scroll to the bottom. There's a contact form. Fill that out. Ask us anything. Tell us what you enjoy playing. Uh, We don't really care uh, as long as it is not uh, just, you know, horrible. And uh, this week we're starting off with Patrick. And he writes in to say, hey, I just wanted to thank you guys for doing this podcast and continuing to push out new episodes. I listen to you guys on my way to work and back home all the time. I've tried other retro podcasts, but they just don't seem to compare. Thank you, Patrick. I enjoy the episode's content, obviously, but I do really enjoy the little segment you guys do every episode where you talk about what you've been playing. You guys mentioned Hollow Knight a couple of episodes, so I decided to try it. And even though the game frustrated the hell out of me, I managed to beat it and really enjoyed it. Now I'm on to Ori and the Blind Forest, and so far, so good. So thank you guys for that. I went back to listen to some of the older episodes again, and I noticed they date back to 2015, which equals a lot of episodes to go through if you're new to the show. Anyway, my question is, which one of those episodes do you guys consider your most memorable? Again, thanks for the content. And P.S., one of my favorite moments was when Jeremy P. went by J.P. for literally one episode. (laughs) Okay, that was our first episode, and I I thought it would be easier than having two Jeremys. Uh, But it turns out, since no one's ever called me J.P., it was impossible to remember. (laughs) I should probably (laughs) go back and re-edit that first episode to take that out. Oh, man. Yes, Uh, for the the remaster, the George Lucas-like. Uh, remastering of the early episodes we cover better games too i I think the first few episodes are a little rough but after that i i think they're all generally good Uh, i don't know what my most notable episode would be i mean there's definitely games that that i remember either liking or not liking to extremes but Mm -hmm. i think i think episodes like our castlevania 16-bit episode where we covered three games and all of which were great uh might be Mm -hmm. my favorite uh, but maybe it's not the best to hear i don't know it was definitely the best to play uh, so I'm going to go with that. My, that's my favorite, and, and least favorite would probably be one of the TurboGrafx games where you guys just made fun of me the whole time. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, as an aside, I, I have also started playing Ori and the Blind Forest, which which Jeremy Gregory is a huge proponent of, um, and, and I hope you're enjoying that one as much as I am. That's a, a wonderful, wonderful game so far. Um yeah, it, it's 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 tough looking back because we have done we've covered a lot of ground. Uh, I don't until it's mentioned to me. Um, 
I'm sorry. I think one of my favorite episodes, I have a couple. Uh, and one of them was, of course, when we finally sat down and discussed the Sega CD masterpiece that was Mansion of Hidden Souls, because I was, I was very pleased that we got that game out there. But my favorite episode was pretty much, it's so early. It's like the fourth or fifth one uh, where we, where we just shit on general chaos for like 45 minutes. But, and Jeremy came in uh, full of enthusiasm. And, and by the end, I think he was, he was just a husk. I, I was going to say, that's actually probably one of my favorite episodes as well. Uh, just getting torn down for a good 45 minutes. Well, I, I mean, but, but your credit, and, and I think it, I think my favorite type of episodes we have is when, is when, and it's the same with Mansion of Hidden Souls, when one of us is very passionate about a game and, uh, and, and we're just on the defense the entirety of the episode. Yeah, those, I, I think those are, are really kind of the most fun for me because, uh, you know, if, if there's a game on here that we're, we're covering and we're just all kind of like, eh, to or whatever, I, I think it kind of comes across. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if there's one that, you know, one of us is super passionate about or something like that, that also comes across. And yeah, I, I do really enjoy those episodes. So uh, I, for me, I'd, I'd say General Chaos. Um, <laughs> and uh, also that string of episodes there where, uh, where I got dangerously into The Witcher. Uh, and <laughs> that was just kind of all that we were talking about for a while. Yes. And yeah, this, th- those are, those are always fun for me. I also really enjoyed the mutant league football episode. Oh, uh, that was, that was great to come back to and play. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally, totally love that game and that episode. All right. Our second and actually final question this week comes in from Fritz, the love elf and uh, his message is, <laughs> I sorry. It's fucking name. <laughs> Yo, guys, I feel old as shit listening to you go listening to you all the time. So thanks for that, I guess. And feeling old got me to thinking how much my tastes have changed since I was a kid. Like how much I used, like how much I used to be able to sit down and play a full season of baseball with whatever baseball game was hot at the time. Mm-hmm. These days, I can't be bothered to even play a sports game since my interest in all that is all but gone. Do any of you have the same problem with games or types of games? that you loved as a kid that makes you grown now to think of playing them. If you answer this, then thanks a ton. And if you don't, then eat shit for making me fill out this stupid box. Well, I think it's a wonderful box. I think he is understating the the joy of using that form. I I don't know if I need to bully the box. I I don't know if I necessarily have any specific type that I did love and now I don't love, but I definitely go through waves and they're long waves. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went through about a five year window where I refused to play a JRPG. Um, I, I blame Final Fantasy VIII, but it was really a lot of games all at once where I just got bored and thought they were all exactly the same and kind of mediocre. The, the great ones were already gone. And it took me until like the late PS2 to get back into them and try them again. And uh, uh, games I used to play as a kid because there were so many of them, even though I kind of hated them, uh, were shooters, regular, you know. 2D Gradius style shooters. There were so many I didn't like them, and then especially after getting the Turbo Graphics, where that's ninety percent of the library, uh, I didn't I didn't get into them a lot. But now that they're so rare, uh, as a major label, a major label, a major um, studio release, there's plenty of, of indie ones, but a major studio release that when they do come out and they're special, like Ikaruga or um, Bangayo, any of those like really cool interesting shooters i'm way into them and so now even just like on the the nes library that came out for the switch they have shooters on there occasionally and i'll just play through stinger or whatever's on there because i like those games and they don't make too many of them anymore yeah and 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 with me i'm mine is the exact same um it's sports games um 
Oh, I used to you know, just pick it. Even I, I, I think back to the, the Super Nintendo and playing through uh, King Griffey Jr. had a couple of baseball games on there. Um, and, and they were so, so distinctly different. That I would play, uh, I would have an entire season running on both games and, and I would just, you know, pick one up and, and play through. Um, of course it goes without saying, you know, Tecmo Bowl, uh, you know, the, the, those early NBA titles, uh, even the early NHL, NHL 94 in particular. Uh, but it, Sports games then, I, I I don't think I don't know if it's as much I changed. I mean, I didn't even watch sports back then, so it's not like I dropped off from watching sports. So I stopped playing the games. I I have as much use for sports now as I did as a child. Um, but it, it's just that the games I feel changed so much, um, and and, and lost my interest. Um, you know, it used to be you just picked it up and a football game, you know, you had a couple running, couple passing. That was it. You know, I had a couple buttons to work with. Uh, you know, King Griffey Jr. Baseball, you could change your lineup. Uh, you could trade players. But all the stats were there, and, and they were easy to understand. The controls were, were simple enough. Uh, I think sports games are one of those that um, now they, they're they leaning more towards towards simulation. And I, I think it's, it's alienating a lot of the non- you know, real sports crowd. Uh, I think it got to the point to where if you are not a sports fan, you're not going to enjoy every, you know, little aspect that the newest Madden has to offer or, uh, you know, newest MLB game or, or something like that. So sports games are definitely something as a kid were, were always heavy in my rotation. And I'm talking every sport, you know, from golf to soccer to just everything. I, I loved all of them, but I haven't played a recent sports title in years now. I definitely agree that that sports was a thing for me. Uh, also, with uh, JRPGs, like Jeremy said, uh, those were my thing back in the day. I loved playing mm-hmm. any JRPG, mm-hmm. and um, but these days, I if unless it's Persona, I, I probably won't touch it. I did play through Final Fantasy uh, 15, but I don't really count that as a JRPG. Mm. You know, that's not something that you're you're spending hours of grinding or, you know, doing the JRPG thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's just very hard for me to get back in that mindset where that's fun. And I, I back in the day, though, I could sit and play those things all day long, uh, just grinding and grinding out levels, finding equipment. Uh, that was just that was the height of fun for me back in the day. Uh, besides that, I'd, I'd probably say um, Sim games like Sim City. I I used to mm. love those games as mm. a kid, and uh, in anything that Maxis put out, I was a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. And sitting down to them now, I you know I'll click around and be like, yeah, you know this this is kind of cool, but it it does it doesn't hold my attention like what it used to. Uh, for some reason, just doesn't click the same way any, anymore with me. And that kind of makes me sad because I remember playing those games and absolutely loving them to death back in the day, even the Sims, you know, that was, that was a great game back for me back in the day. And just trying to sit that, sit down to that stuff. Now, I, I just don't really have the patience for it. So I, I guess that those would probably be the two biggest for me. I guess I also kind of did the same with fighting games. I went through a phase where I was super into fighting games and now mm. I just can't, can't get into them not technical fighting games i mean things that are you know bomberman or 
um, you know, Power Stone games where it's more action than than trying to get combos out. I can play those, but but a straight up like Street Fighter style game, I I just can't do it anymore. I'm not good at them. I I don't have the patience to learn them. Uh, but but I think that's always been kind of the case. I think there was just a window where I was super into them, and then that went away. So I don't know what our game for the next episode is going to be. We had some ideas. We threw them out. Uh, we will surprise everybody. Put some hints up on our Twitter account, mm-hmm. uh, on our Instagram. Anything we can find that is Retrovania.net. You can find all of them at Retrovania.net, along with our question form. And, you know, see if you can figure out which game it's going to be. See if we even know, before we start recording again, what we'll be talking about next time when we will cover who knows what. So stay tuned. See you next time.